The topics and information discussed in this podcast are no substitute for the advice and guidance you can receive from your own GP or care practitioners. If you have any medical concerns, always seek the advice of your GP or pharmacist. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Preventative Health Podcast. My name is Karen. I'm a pharmacist on a mission to bring preventative health care to the forefront of people's minds. I am joined by my friend Lara, who is also a pharmacist, to bring you real-life case studies from people who have various health conditions. It's great to be back and to start sharing new and interesting case studies with you after our short break. It feels very fitting to be able to start the new year with another selection of podcasts that will help us on our mission to change how people think about their health. Don't you think, Lara? Yeah, that's right, Karen. Um, We want to make people aware of certain health conditions and to know how to act. It has been so interesting to see with our previous case studies how long people put up with their conditions, actually, before they go about seeking any help. Yeah, that's definitely something that really stood out. And what we're aiming to do with these podcasts is to make as many people aware of the signs and symptoms that could indicate that something with their health may not quite be right. Exactly. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but prevention is better than cure. So, Lara, are you ready for 2022? Yeah, I certainly am. Ready and raring to go. I think we can sort of hope that we're on the right tracks now with respect to COVID-19. And let's hope that the world is a healthier place for us all, really. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I think that's an important point. I read a really good quote somewhere. I think it was from the WHO Yeah, that said, nobody is safe until everyone is safe. Yeah, I've heard that saying. And it's so true. And I feel that it's the right attitude that the powers that be should have. Anyway, let's move on to our case study. What's our topic of discussion today? Well, our topic of discussion is hypothyroidism, which put simply is when the thyroid gland located in your neck does not produce enough of the hormone thyroxine, also called T4. Yeah. Now, this condition is more common than people think. And as a pharmacist, levothyroxine is one of the most common drugs that we dispense every single day. That's right. The symptoms of an underactive thyroid can range from tiredness, weight gain, constipation Mm. to things like muscle cramps and muscle aches. Symptoms can also include things like um, irregular periods, dry and scaly skin, brittle hair and nails, and even um, constipation and loss of libido. Yeah, in other words, there are a whole range of symptoms. But let's have a listen to Lorraine's interesting story. I think what is so interesting about Lorraine's story is that once again, she simply put up with some of these symptoms for years. Okay. Hi, I'm Lorraine. I live in Wandsworth. I'm 55 and I have had a problem with my thyroid for the last 10 years. I am um, what you call an older mum. Um, It took me quite a long time to get my daughter. Um, Her name's Ice. Um, I was 40 years old when I was fortunate enough to be blessed with her. Um, The problem that, that came with that was that she was actually born at 28 weeks Um, with a very traumatic birth of cord prolapse. 
and my journey with her I've always been so grateful to have her but it was it was a difficult beginning um and I had made a promise that if she was alive and lived that I would be the best mum ever that I could possibly be to her um and when she was born it, it sort of felt like a car crash if I'm being honest um and she was you know I was put off to sleep um so when I woke up she was in um in intensive care she'd been ventilated and then she went on to CPAP and so it really felt like um it, it just felt like it was a disaster um and I remember it was only about three or four days later a friend came to see me my very best friend Sharon um, and when she arrived, she came with a balloon and a present and a card. And it was like, and she's like, oh, my God, you've had a baby. It's amazing. And it was the first time I actually felt, wow, like something good has happened. Because up until then, it had felt like something terrible had happened. Um, it was a very traumatic time. Um, and I think it made me, it made me, it made me a bit anxious, if I'm honest. You know, when she came home, I was terrified, you know. Yeah, so I was very fortunate because, as I said, my friend Sharon, she had a baby that was due after I. So, you know, I had her to share the, you know, the stuff with and and she's like, right, come on, you know, we're going out, we're taking the babies out, we're doing this, we're doing that. Uh, you know, we did all this sort of the really fun stuff. Um, but most of the people that I was with were much, much younger than me um, because I was 40. Um, I don't know. I got I was I found it like really quite tiring. And I, and I couldn't really say too much because I was so grateful to have her. I didn't want to sound like I was moaning, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, like I'm so tired. I didn't, I th I didn't know if everyone else, because I'd never had a baby before, I didn't know whether everybody felt like that or whether I was just, you know. So I didn't really say too much to anybody, but I really was just like a tired and, and, and an anxiousness, I suppose. You know, it's like when you get tired, <laughs> you know, like one thing feeds another. So although I was outwardly amazingly happy um, inside, um, I think I was struggling quite a lot, actually. Yeah, so what happened then was I did think, you know, this was, you know, it was just going on and on. And then I started to, I was losing my hair, you know, and then I'd see hair all over the house. And, and then it was at that point, I just thought, you know, maybe it was something else. So I, at that point, I decided that I went to the doctor's. Um, and I, and by that stage, I'm 45 by then. And I thought maybe it's menopause, maybe it's something like that. So, and the stupid thing is that they just did a blood test. Like it wasn't anything big. It was, it was a simple blood test. And then from that blood test, they came back that I was hyperthyroid. And apparently the, the exhaustion um, was not because I was an old mum, you know, I mean, I keep myself fit and, you know, or I try to. Um, it wasn't that at all. It was this was all linked to thyroidism, which I had no idea. I mean, it's not something in my family. It's not, you know, there's diabetes in my family. Um, but I, I had no idea. I didn't know anyone who ever had a problem with their thyroid. So and then to think of just a blood test and they put me on the tiniest little pill. And then it, it I mean, it took a few months before I really started to notice a difference. Um, and it was like it was like I don't know, it changed and I wasn't so tired. And suddenly it was like I was, a bit, I felt, I felt normal. I felt like a normal mum, not like an old mum. And, and it was obviously my own insecurity that made me not go and seek help because, because I was a bit older and feeling a little bit, you know, like that. 
I think that's probably why I didn't seek help. But then I think about, God, I could have gone like I could have gone three, four years earlier. I swear to God, if I ever see anyone and they say, "Oh, that they're they're really tired," and you know, and I say, "Well, you know, have you have you checked your thyroid? You know, just pop to your doctor and just say, you know, it's a simple blood test, no problem." But I really wish someone had told me that because I really did. I suffered for you know way, way, way longer than I needed to. Yeah, so it's it's so funny now when I look at it because, you know, like my daughter is, well, she's 15 now, um, and we have an amazing relationship, um, which, you know, which I believe partly is because I've, I do a lot with her. I've done a lot with her. We have fun together. She's also, she's, she's a really talented musician um, and she's in a little band. Um, they're called the Mocktails, if anyone wants to look them up, M-O-C-K-T-A-L-E-S. Um, and they're two 15-year-olds and a 13-year-old, but they're amazing. But the downside of that is that she chose when she was about seven to play the drums. Um, so I am probably the oldest roadie out there. Um, and I'm lugging around. She busks all over London. And I lug around a full-size drum kit, uh, with a, which, I have to be honest, if I was not on the thyroxine, I would no way have the energy uh, or capacity to do it. So, you know, when I say it gave me energy, it didn't really give me, it's not energy, such a silly word. Um, it gave me a life. It gave me the ability to have a full life with her and do stuff with her. And, and also if you're not happy. And the thing what you don't realise about the hyperthyroidism is it actually makes you a bit down. And I'm, I'm a really jolly person. You know, I wake up in the morning and I'm, you know, whatever's going on, I think, you know, I'm going to find the best in today. And I always say that to her. I say, you know, if life's a jar of marbles and every marble you take out and you put into the other one, you never get back. So every marble you have, you, you either enjoy it or you waste it. So I always try to not waste marbles, but I think I wasted an awful lot. It's crazy. One little pill that I take once a day. It, oh my goodness me! I can't believe it's so simple, and it has changed my life. It's given me a really full life, but the life that I had dreamt and hoped that I would have with her. I'm not a perfect mum because there's no such thing, and I, I never ever wanted to be perfect. I just wanted to be good. I wanted to be a good mum. People say to me, "What's your favourite age?" You know, you've got one child. What's been your favourite age? And I always say, well, actually, it's whatever age she is now, because it's all new. So we're discovering things together. But I've got the energy to discover new things with her. And, you know, not, not just with her, but, you know, with my friends and, and my life generally, really. It has absolutely changed my life. I feel me again. Well, how fascinating was that? Another case mm. where a mother thinks it's perfectly normal to put up with being exhausted for years. <laughs> I know. It really is amazing what women put up with in the name of motherhood, thinking that it's perfectly normal to feel that way, which it isn't. So we really need to move away from that mindset. I know you're right. It's a hard one because, yes, being a mother is tiring. But for that feeling to persist for years and nothing seems to alleviate mm. it is definitely a cause for concern. 
Yeah, absolutely. Lorraine was amazing, though, and I felt so sad when she felt that she didn't want to complain about being tired too much because she was lucky enough to have a gorgeous baby. I know. It's a case of put up and shut up, really, which is not (laughs) acceptable, is it? Exactly. I always tell patients to listen to their bodies. If you don't feel right, don't put it off week after week or year after year. You should always aim to have your symptoms checked out. Yes, and Lorraine emphasised really well, I thought, how simple it was yeah. too. Yeah, a simple blood test was all that was needed to explain the tiredness and loss of hair. Yeah, and then her GP was able to prescribe levothyroxine to help the condition. Yeah, it really was that simple. Exactly. As I mentioned, GP, I think it's time to introduce our very own resident GP to give her own thoughts on Lorraine's story. Yeah, that's right. Dr Vidya has been with us from the start on this podcast to talk about our case studies in detail. Dr Vidya is a practising GP as well as being a life coach and an educator. And it's great to have her views on these health topics. So let's head over now for a virtual appointment and hear Dr. Vidya's take on Lorraine's story. Wow, well, what a powerful, powerful story. Uh, My gosh, I mean, she really explained it so well, Lorraine, um, in her sort of soundbite there. I think people are quite surprised by how debilitating it can be especially because with hypothyroidism you really get some quite sort of vague symptoms slowness the lack of energy so it's not just feeling down but it is actual depression uh the hair loss you know lowers your immune system constipation it's you know such a wide range of symptoms that are very difficult otherwise to put together because you might, for example, I don't know, go to your GP or talk to somebody about, you know, just the hair loss and not really think about, you know, anything else or go and just specifically talk about the constipation. It's very easy to dismiss hypothyroidism, especially because she was over the age of, well, she was 45 at the time, Um you know, in terms of perimenopausal symptoms, which can also be a little bit vague. And so she really articulated very well just how debilitating it can be, you know, not knowing what exactly is going on and not being able to pinpoint it is quite scary, I think, for a lot of uh, patients um, who are having hypothyroidism and the opposite, hyperthyroidism, where you get the opposite effects, a racing heartbeat. And the other thing people are very surprised about is exactly what she said, is that so easily diagnosed, a simple blood test, which is one of the very common blood tests that we always do in general practice. So people are often very surprised that it's very easy to diagnose. And then finally, how easy it is to treat. So I've got patients who are on pretty much the same dosage for years and years and years. They just come for a blood test just as a sort of check up. To be honest, most of the time, you know, what I like to say is, you know, we're treating the patient, not the numbers. So unless the numbers are wildly out, um, you know, we're basing it on their symptoms. And the patient often is the expert, you know, the patient will know that I just feel different. This feels like when I was first diagnosed, um, I'm getting the same symptoms back. So they will know then because they're so in tune with their body. It's just, um, it's amazing. So absolutely with mindset around your health in general, 
it's so important to have a positive mindset. And what do I mean by that? It isn't just, um, you know, positive words, which, which are beautiful, but we need something a bit more of a practical plan here or what exactly are we going to do? So the learning is actually, if you are having any kind of fear or anxiety, it's normally there to show, to shine a spotlight on something that needs attention, right? This is why all emotions are there for a reason. You know, we don't actually want to eliminate fear. We just don't want to be in that vibration of fear, that feeling of fear the whole time. But what we want to do is actually turn within, look ourselves in the eye and say, okay, well, what is it? You know, what is it that you're so scared of? And let's do something about it, right? So in this case for Lorraine, it was let's go to the doctors. Let's get some tests done. You know, we don't need a full body MRI scan or anything like that. But we what we do need to just get some, often it's just a simple couple of tests. Didn't even take that long and didn't even take that long to get on the treatment. So worry, it's almost like you're watering a weed, you know, and then it becomes like the little shop of horrors. <laughs> but instead, what you want to do is water what you do want, right? Which is literally the end point of I want good health, long life, vibrant, full of energy, you know, long life with my loved ones and just uh, living a joyful, uh, wealthy life, right? Wealth in our health. It is your birthright to have the life that you want. It does. It isn't meant to be hustle and grind. It really isn't at all. There is another way. And I just really want to spread this message to the world. So I'm so grateful and so glad that Lorraine followed her intuition. And it just shows how easy it can be. You know, you don't need to suffer. So that's my thoughts on the uh, soundbite. And uh, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you. Wow, how interesting was that? And how lovely to have Dr. Vidya's thoughts about Lorraine's story. Yes, it was so insightful. And I like the way she took time to explain how having a positive mindset can affect our health. I thought that was great, actually, because people do not realise how powerful the mind can be when it actually comes to your health. Don't get us wrong. Medicines are obviously essential, (laughs) but it must be remembered that the holistic approach to health is best. The physical, mental, spiritual, social aspects affect our overall health. It was interesting how Dr. Vidya mentioned the problem people face with diagnosis and how when taken in isolation, for example, hair loss, hypothyroidism may not be necessarily thought of immediately. And I thought it was interesting too how Dr. Vidya pointed out that all these symptoms could even be perimenopausal symptoms as well. Mm. And so, again, another reason why it could be misdiagnosed. Or even dismissed, really. I know, it's tragic. And it's made even worse by the fact that diagnosis is so simple. I feel that has to be our main aim today, is to really make people aware Mm. of the fact how easy it is to diagnose hypothyroidism. A simple blood test can give you results in minutes and this is something that we do at the London House of Wellbeing. Yeah, there really is no excuse and not to get tested by coming to us or simply going to your GP. Absolutely. It's a simple test and easy, as Dr. Vidya mentioned, straightforward to treat in most cases. Laura, could you share with us your top three tips that people with hypothyroidism or people who suspect they might have it 
should look out for? Mm, Good question. I would say listen to your body. Nobody but you can tell if things are right or not, even after diagnosis. As Dr Vidya mentioned, you may receive your levothyroxine and the dosage may not be right so things may need to be tweaked. So definitely listen to your body for warning signs and symptoms. The second thing I would say is get tested. And the last point I'd say is to stay fit and healthy. So you take your medication regularly in the morning with water, not with anything that contains caffeine such as tea or coffee, and just eat well and make sure you exercise. I think if you do those three things, then you should be happier and healthier. Right. Well, I think on that positive note, it's a good place to bring our podcast to an end. I would like to thank the lovely Lorraine for sharing her fantastic story. (laughs) Yeah, and her fantastic drummer daughter, Ice, for the music, which I thought was great. Oh, yes. Her band was fantastic, wasn't it? We would also like to thank Dr. Vidya for once again providing us with her thoughts on Lorraine's story and her wonderful thoughts on mindset, positivity and general well-being. Yes, thank you so much. It's so refreshing to have a doctor that embraces so many facets to health and believes in that holistic approach. Yes, absolutely. We'll be learning more about that in future episodes. But for now, many thanks to Dr. Vidya and to you for listening to us once again. As always, it would be lovely to receive your feedback and views on topics of discussion you would like us to include. Yes, you can contact us via email at info at thehouseofwellbeing.co.uk or you can pop in and visit us at 200 Relton Road and we're right opposite Hearn Hill Station. We'd love to meet you to have a chat. Until next time. Bye. Bye.